the sports dance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sports Dance. I'm your host Greg, and with me is Paul, as always. And Paul, I don't know if you know this, but by the time everybody listens to us, it's gonna be May. May. Didn't we have snow this week? Yeah, because Massachusetts is the worst. Um, yeah. Um, everybody says I love New England weather until you have some. We were 15 degrees lower than Anchorage, Alaska. We're sitting at one point this week. Freezing our tootsies off, and I'm watching my granddaughter splash in puddles of bubbles around yeah, her neck. That was bull. I was not. A, Snapchat was not our friend that day. No. Being uh, cooped up day 40, yeah, Snapchat. 46, <laughs> wherever the heck we are along those days. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, Paul? Before we get really into anything, let's just say Sports Dance being brought to you by 12 on Sports Radio. And also, Zingo TV. Go check out Zingo TV. You can find all your sports dance shows there. Catch Captain Lou Extravaganza. You can catch Craft Root Sports. All a bunch of shows. Mike, Mike's Last Say. All, all these great shows on 12 on Sports Radio. Check it out at Zingo TV. That's Z-I-N-G-O TV. It's a free web TV. You got to pay nothing to enjoy our beautiful faces at this network. Not Paul and I's beautiful faces. We, we don't let the camera see us. But you get to hear us. And that's really all that matters. Our soothing voices taking you through this quarantine pandemic. Faces for radio. Yep. Uh, faces for radio. <laughs> Bodies for magazines. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, you got that. You could be the cover model for Check Out These Cabs magazine. <laughs> Too funny. Got tree trunks on the bottom of your legs. I am just, uh, I, I'm, I'm speechless because I'm just, you know. Jelly donut up top, tree trunks <laughs> on the calves. Like, it's ridiculous. Jelly donut. I resemble that remark. I mean, you got a little little shimmy jiggle. It must be jelly because jam don't shake like that. And, you know, you're kind of sweet, so. Oh. Anyway. Buttering me up. I know, I try. It must because be we're going to talk about it eventually. <laughs> Because we're going to talk about the Patriots in negative ways. That's oh. all I do for. So the NFL draft was last week. We had our show come out on Thursday morning because we didn't want to do our show while the draft was starting and all that stuff. Hopefully you ate some of the good food that we recommend it. But the draft happened. It was a three-day extravaganza. First question, Paul. What did you think about how the NFL presented the draft to America? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was good. Um, clearly, they're sitting there with a hat in their hand that they're going to put on their head, so they have advanced notice. Wait, the team calls them. They have a box probably with a bunch, every team hat. The NFL probably sent all 32 hats to guys that could be drafted at least oh, okay. early on. I was just figuring they knew ahead of time. Some of them were pretty excited and surprised. Well, yes, there was definitely some surprise picks early on of where guys went. Like guys that you expect to go in the top 15, 20 that went but went to a completely different team than most had predicted and thought they would. So do you think more people would watch that style if it went on the way round two, three did, and it goes a little bit? I, I like a little bit of backstory on these guys, but the, um, the, the pre-story was enough. I, I, the, I just The backstory is how depressing. Well, you it know, was like depressing story after it was like, oh, hey, by the way, this guy loves his family. Great guy. His mother was addicted to crack for 16 years. He plays volleyball on the weekends, and his father murdered 27 men. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? hold on. You just glossed over. His mom was a – what? So that did happen, and there you're were like a lot every of single person. And th there were some sad ones, and there were some very heroic ones where – no drugs involved in hard oh, bone hard marrow. Shit. The guy from USC donating his bone marrow to his sister. Oh my God! Yeah, Crazy, black, right? black fin disease, something like so that. So what did he do? He took a year off to do it. Oh. No, he only he went through all the tests, and then according to the little dramatic tidbit things that they did, he recovered quicker than doctors have ever seen anybody recover, and he was back on the field ready for training for the season. In so the I think. Of 
if you're in good health going in, you're probably going to recover quicker, right? And he's also an athlete. Yeah, I, I, I think so. The backstories got old pretty quick, and in between the backstories were the nine thousand commercials, and in between the nine thousand commercials was that ugly puss on Roger Goodell. <laughs> I just you know, think that's, I, why can't the team announce their pick? Well, it's always been a tradition that the commissioner does. Well, the commissioner... Yeah, it's like every, one of his actual, like, few jobs. Why does he hug a few of the, you know, via the via the uh, monitor, hug a few players, and others he just announces it and moves on? And sometimes he says to the fans, you can boo me because everybody boos him. Well, it's a thing. Everybody always boos him. So he knew this year. Somebody must have said, hey, you know they boo you. Play it up that they've booed you and make sure, like, you. that's how you can interact with them. And it did actually... I actually liked the fact that he did that and played into it and was like, you know what? Yeah. Boo me. Come on. No, you're not being, you're not loud at all. Like, come on. Like, especially at the beginning when like they had the fans and then Strahan showed up in the upper corner. He's like, come on, Strahan. I don't, I don't hear you at all. Come on. Be a little louder. I don't hear you, Michael. Like I appreciated the fact that he played into that and was like, yeah, you all think I'm the bad guy. And you know what? Let's have fun with it. So I think they did a fabulous job with the technical piece. Yes. Having the cameras. When they made the announcement, they didn't have the camera lot. Well, I know there's a seven second delay, so there's a reason for it. But it just seemed like when they made the announcement, let Roger say it. But can I have the camera on the family and the kid? Just you apple tree. Your son texted me the exact same complaint. He's standing there, you know. Grabbing the spotlight, it's this kid. He's not grabbing the spot. I mean, it's the, it'd be the same. It's the same way they do it in the NFL draft. He's up yeah. on the podium. He makes the announcement. After he makes the announcement, then it cuts to the guy either in the green room or the family at home. Yeah. Most of the time, they're waiting. They have that delay, so they can kind of cut to them all celebrating. The guy's first reaction is always his head, head hands down, like head in his hand, because also he's partly usually on the phone with the coach or the owner who's at the time telling him, hey, congrats on becoming uh, part of the XYZ team. Yep. Nice to be part of the Bengals. Good to have you. Now go celebrate, and I'll call you in 15 minutes. Yeah, the one thing I loved, I saw um, for the Joe Burrow thing. Did you see the picture going around that somebody was like, "Um, I wouldn't have drafted Joe Burrow. He disrespects America. And it was his dad and his mom and him standing up when they played the national anthem. And his dad had his hand over his heart, but his mom and him had their hands to their side. And they're like, that's disrespectful. I'm like, yeah, get over yourself. I'm like, are you standing up in your living room for the NFL draft national anthem? Probably not. Right. Like 95% of people are not standing up. 5% probably are. And that, those are the people that are like, yeah, sure. Good for you that you want to stand up and cover your heart and stuff for the national anthem when it's on TV. But unless I'm there live in person, I'm usually also not paying enough attention to realize it's on. I'm not going to criticize anybody for any of that stuff. I, I get, I think everybody's so overdone with the kneeling and the not st- all that stuff. But it's one thing if you're showing a room and a stage and is flanked by people, but it's him. It yeah. was five hours of Roger Goodell in clips. Yeah. Plus the intro so was like out. 30 minutes long. <clears throat> so anyway, they, they <laughs> the did call forever. me and ask my opinion what they should do to make the show better. But. Loved how they did it. I thought they were very clever, and I really enjoyed Bill Belichick's dog. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, one last thing, I did. I laughed at all the memes too that I saw with how about the tragic stories. They're like ESPN person asking the draftees a little about themselves. So it's like height six feet three inches. Cool, cool. Uh, where'd you go to school, Clemson? All right, all right. What's the worst thing that's ever happened to you your entire life and it scarred you? All right, all right. Oh, and by the way, what's your favorite food? Okay, got it. <laughs> got to sell yeah, that's good kind TV. Of how it, that's kind of how it seemed. It would be like listing hometown, things about them, and also in the bottom thing would just be like the worst thing imaginable. <laughs> what's the worst thing? Like the know. center for the Saints I, that got drafted. Having a, year I, died. <laughs> having a year I can get drafted and there's no football? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they get a red shirt here, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. You alluded to it before. One of the highlights, at least of the first round and kind of of the weekend, was Bill Belichick's dog, Nike. I mean, do you think he they named the dog or did he just name it Nike because he could? 
I think he just named it Nike because he could. Maybe there's some like a swish mark on him somewhere that made him think, oh, that looks like Nike. Nike. That could be. Could be. That's probably that's. I feel like that's kind of how people come up with their names of animals and stuff. Like unless you have one set out, you're kind of like, oh, that's like a interesting mark on them. It kind of looks like this. Oh, that's a good name. I, I do. I do have a conspiracy here, though. somewhere on somebody I know. Right there. Yeah, I know. Uh, or you could call her Harriet Potter. Harriet Potter. <laughs> um, it's it's what makes her special. It is. That and many other things. Many Darling, other- if you're listening, I love it. She's <laughs> <laughs> talking about your daughter, my wife, who has a check mark on her nose. No, a swish. Oh, a dog. It's a it's a check mark. A dog accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I do have a conspiracy theory about the dog. He was stuffed. No, I think the dog accidentally hit the wrong button and made that second round, the first pick for the Patriots, but that second round pick yeah. of the safety from a no-name Lutheran school that nobody's ever heard of or has ever even knew existed of a player that nobody ever even was like, oh, hey, they're on a board in like no man's land. Instead of the 27 safeties who played at top D1 schools who are probably going to end up being better than him. But Bill being Bill went for a guy that would have been there in the seventh round, most likely in the second round. I, um, I will, I will admit I don't follow that closely. I will also tell you, I was tipped over when I'm up all night watching Roger Goodell make announcements and we get to, you get to the Patriots' first round pick, and it's traded. I wanted to. Throw I could have told TV. you that. I was going to throw the TV out in the backyard. Yeah. Um. Every Patriots fan by now should know Bill does not take first round picks. He trades them every single year. Yeah. Usually because they're the thirty first or thirty second pick, and a team's trying to get in for that final pick to get the fifth year option. And Bill's like, yeah, whatever. I'll just pick a guy off the dog pile, and uh, he'll be my Pro Bowl left tackle for the next twenty years. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, Bill also, in general, in the past few drafts, has not drafted very well. Yeah. His drafts have been very poor. They have not turned out any really good contributing players. He'll have a hit here and there, but nothing like that. You're like, that guy's a game changer. Yeah, nothing like that. Scores and, and, you know, a couple of A's, a B, mostly C's, a couple of D's, a couple of F's. Like, I think the what? Patriots, like, overall from analyst score was like a C to a D range of their draft which makes sense when you take again a safety who probably would have been there a few rounds later in the second round with your first pick oh and then by the way he takes two tight ends his next two picks which he probably should have done last year maybe would have kept tom around just weird picks and then of course he takes the kicker who then had an uproar about his white supremacy tattoo so that was fun the Patriots should know by now if there is a guy with tattoos that you're going to have on your team, you should probably make sure he's not a white supremacist or a murderer or something along that, a la Aaron Hernandez. He's not a murderer anymore. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> technically. He's prison biatch. He's dead. <laughs> I know. He's not, so he's not a prison biatch. No, I he's biatch. <laughs> He was a murderer, and he was a prison biatch. Now he's dead. So that, look, another uplifting thing that came out of the NFL draft. But so you have the kicker. He's come out saying, I didn't know what it meant. I thought it was something else. Like, I don't, I'm not associated with this. I'm going to get it removed. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because. I had no idea. I figured it was something like that, because. All the stories originally skirted around exactly what it was. I did not know what it was. No, Jamel Hill, who's a former ESPN employee, like person, I forget what she works for now, but came out like immediately after he was drafted, being like, uh, he's a white supremacist. He has this tattoo on him. Like, there's no denying it. And he was like, I didn't know what this means. I had it when I was 18, got it when I was 18, thought it was a military thing. It's not. I should have done my research type thing. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. People say he's a good person. A horrible tattoo gone wrong. I guess. I mean, I, I obviously, 
if in a year or so teammates start coming out being like, no, yeah, he's racist. <laughs> like, then we're like, okay, well, that tattoo clearly meant something. But for yeah. now, we'll, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. So it's going to get removed and hopefully then. Yeah, now then he came out like a day later saying, I'm just going to get it removed completely. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, so everybody gets a second chance. Literally, like everybody. Josh Gordon got like six. (laughs) He might get another one because weed's legal now in the NFL. I wonder if are ankle bracelets used in the NFL? No. Oh, they let all the criminals out of jail. I figured they have a hell of a draft. Yeah, you can't. Guys with house arrest playing on the field. Where's your home, Gillette? <laughs> Where's your home, Leavenworth? Yeah, like you can't do on that. the weekends. <laughs> but yes, I would say Nike. Back to Bill Belichick's dog. Nike stole the show, but I do think he accidentally hit the draft button and didn't mean to take that guy in the second round. That dog is very well behaved. Sat there as good as gold for quite a while. Because Bill was actually behind the camera, death staring him, saying, you have to be the one on camera because I'm not going to be. Well, maybe he was waiting for the media to what ask him. And he says, on to round three. <laughs> he should have had the dog in a cutoff sweatshirt hoodie. And then nobody would have even known the difference if the dog just sat there. So I guess that's in one of his cottages on Nantucket. Um, yes. Very cottagey. He uh, did. One of them is like 110 years old, so he's well, a past state. So good for Bill. Good for Bill. T- terrible draft, but good for Bill. Um, speaking of questionable moves, we'll move on to my Eagles, who in their second round decide to take Jalen Hurts, the quarterback from Oklahoma. And we don't need a quarterback, Paul. I don't know if you've heard about this guy named Carson Wentz. Um, Eagles starter. He's just starting his four-year extension that was worth $100 million. So you kind of would think the Eagles don't need a guy that could potentially be a starting quarterback. And then they go and take Jalen Hurts, raised a lot of eyebrows, including mine. Is he but doing then, a trade? No. They're, they're going to use him. They're going to use him uh, similar. Apparently, they're going to take kind of the Saints approach with the Taysom Hill guy that they have, who's a quarterback, but he also can play like wide receiver and tight end for them, and they do a bunch of different scheme plays. Yeah. The Eagles came into the draft apparently prioritizing athleticism and speed, which he is graded very highly on both. They said, plus, you know, people also know with Carson Wentz's injury history, he's a guy that plays similar style at least. Like, he can, he's mobile. He can move around. He'll probably be needed weeks 12 through 17 to make that playoff push when Carson gets hurt inevitably because it just happens. I have to admit that as an Eagles fan. It raised a few eyebrows, but at least – Eventually, the management and the coach came out saying, we did talk to Carson before we made the pick. We explained to him our thought process behind it. He's totally okay with it. We told him he's our guy. He's our leader. We just want to make sure we have a backup that's quarterback caliber, starting caliber, in case we need him. So we had that. The rest of the well, year, I can't complain. Uh, if you're going to have a crazy paid good backup, I yeah, guess. Might as get the cheap option for five years. Or does he know something about Carson Wentz that nobody else knows? I hope not. I mean, I like Carson. I like Carson. He's also going to be taking a huge chunk of money out of the cap every year, whether we keep him or not. Right. So uh, I don't mind the pick once the explanation. It was a value pick at that point. We now have a solid backup for the next five years, essentially. And then the rest of the draft I can't really complain about. They got wide receivers. They got speedy guys that can go deep and open the field up for their tight ends, which is what they needed. They got a good safety at a value pick, some linebackers, some tackles. I wasn't that disappointed. Analysts didn't give it the best grade, but from what I saw, what they needed, I don't hate it. The second pick, round pick, is the eyebrow raiser. But nothing raised eyebrows as much of any other pick, probably into this entire draft, as the Packers' first-round pick where they took Jordan Love to basically be the heir to Aaron Rodgers' throne in Green Bay, which most Packers fans did not like. They lining him up to get him out? They say they know he needs work and development, so they're just going to have him there. So in a few years when Aaron eventually retires, hopefully he can be the one that takes the reins so you have five-year option on first-round picks. Jordan Love definitely needs some work, but then you also have to consider 
how long do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for? He's going to be 36, or he is 36 for this season. If he goes the Brady route, he could be playing till season 41-42. You got to not have him be a Packer for life, or are you going to let him walk? But also, they were one win away from the Super Bowl. Like, they just had one crushing loss to the Niners in the in the NFC Championship. I mean, it was crushed. They got trounced. But one they thing they knew, yeah, one thing they knew though is they needed offensive weapons to help Aaron Rodgers. Now, this was one of the deepest draft classes for wide receivers apparently in history. Guess how many wide receivers they drafted, Paul? Zero. Zero wide receivers. Not like one or two, maybe even late, that could be something. Zero. They took, with their first two picks, a backup quarterback. When you have a Hall of Fame quarterback right now as your starter for at least the next few years. A third-string running back who they came out saying, we're going to use like a fullback. So you took a fullback instead of one of the top wide receivers who were still left on the board who could help immediately... In the second round. And then the third round, they took a tight end, which they really don't need. So does the next pick go, WTF, I have to change my pick? I guess to an extent. I mean, for the most part, you kind of have an idea of, okay, if they take this guy, we take this guy. If they don't take this guy, we take this guy. You kind of have all that in place. Yeah. I think the more shocking thing was people just, they see the pick come in, they see the quarterback, and they go, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is like a dick to begin with. This is going to make him even more pissed off at your organization than he already is at times. What are you doing? Why are you trying to anger the guy that basically holds your team and gets them to the, as many wins as they do? Not a good, not a not a star move. No, and apparently, like there's reports saying the coach did it as a power move because he doesn't like the fact that Rodgers kind of st- st- talks down to him because he's a younger coach. But still. The guy got you to 13 wins last year. In your first season, you can take some credit for it, but Aaron Rodgers makes plays with not a lot of help around him. I saw one crazy stat that showed touchdowns by like potent, like top quarterbacks in the league, two first-round picks in their career. All the, the lowest was 35 before it got to Aaron Rodgers, who has one. One touchdown pass to a first-round pick in his career. The Packers have never drafted a first-round wide receiver to help him out. That, to me, is ludicrous. Yeah, why? I, power play, nothing. Build your team. Right? Like, they got, from what everybody could tell, they got nothing in those first few rounds of any help for their team now. Like, I hate to admit it, the winners of the draft for me were the Cowboys. I know. People are going to analyze these moves until the cows come home. But, you know, Bill made some suspect moves. But is it a power play? A young coach? I, I guess. I mean, the, I, the biggest power play was Jerry Jones in his $250 million yacht, Dr. Evil style, making steals in the draft all day long, which as an Eagles fan pissed me off. That he's sitting in his yacht, stealing guys, lower draft, picking them in the draft at way lower spots than they should be. I was like, come on. You gotta be kidding me. Like they got in the first round CeeDee Lamb, who was supposed to be a top fifteen pick. And then they fell to the Cowboys, who were three picks ahead of the Eagles, and it was just like heartbreaking as an Eagles fan, knowing our secondary is trash to see that. <laughs> sitting in his yacht. He was. Uh, he, he was. Yeah, I saw it. The it cushions. A, the crazier thing is, he did like nothing while he was in his yacht. He had people hold the phone up to his mouth. He had people getting things for him, telling him when the camera was on him. It was ridiculous. And nothing was worse than how giddy he got to make that first round pick when he knew the guy fell to them. He was like a little kid on Christmas. Like you could see, he was like scheming and like conniving in his teeth and every, it was awful. In my mind. Like, no offense, C.D. Lamb, but I, I hope you break your knees. <laughs> Jesus. Strictly because you're a cowboy. <laughs> oh, boy. So, sorry. I mean, 
I only speak truth here, Paul, and my truth is I hate the Cowboys, and I, I really hope Dak Prescott throws 40 interceptions like Jameis Winston. <laughs> who is now... Well, you are, you're an angry bird. Who is now a New Orleans Saints, by the way, Jameis Winston. He signed for $1.1 million. The Patriots could have gotten him for that, and they would have had a better quarterback than Jarrett Siddham. So... Which, by the way, you guys are no wide receivers or quarterbacks in this draft. (laughs) Right. So, I don't know. Stidham's your starter. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it might be Andy Dalton now. He got released by the Bengals. More than likely, I feel like the Patriots are going to get Andy Dalton. You think he knew? I mean, there might. I mean, there was inklings. Most people knew once Burrow was taken that Dalton was probably going to get released because he said, if I'm not going to start, I want you to release me. And the Bengals came out saying, we'll honor your wishes if you ask type thing. So there was that. Yeah. Uh, um, the funny thing I found about the James Winston thing is when they talked to him after he signed and said, like, oh, you got LASIK. How's that going for you? He was like, I can read license plates now. My depth perception is much better. I'm like, he was literally playing blind, <laughs> throwing a football and just heaving it up, and he still threw 30 touchdowns, 4,500 yards, but also 30 interceptions. But he was, like, legally blind. Maybe maybe, uh, they'll keep the receptions. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. But, all right, that was the NFL draft. Any last thoughts on the NFL draft? Well, I didn't see a McDonald's in uh, Andy Reid's basement, but he was wearing – I did text you. Oh, my God, he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Ron Rivera was, too. Because he was from the Andy Reid tree, and they said, you know, that tree's got to stick together. <laughs> yeah, it was a big tree. But all right, besides the NFL draft, other big news this week. The MLB came out saying they hope to have a midsummer start to their season. They are very optimistic they can do this and logistically figure it out. One of the ways they would be doing this is instead of having the National League and the American League, they would have three major divisions, the East, Central, and West. And those 10 teams would basically just round robin for a 100-game type season. And then I don't know if it's two or three, how many teams would be coming out of that for the playoffs type situation. But they would do it when they get to that point, figure it out. But it's in, I find it interesting. Like it's a very interesting concept of no fans in the park, but you basically play the nine other teams in your division those 100 games so you got to do no fans yeah so there's really no advantage of they'll be going to each other's ballparks but there's really no advantage to it because home crowd i feel like brings at least some sort of advantage of they can shout at the pitcher the hitters they can cheer you get the get the build up of like if you got a big hit as the home team gets the energy going gets the pitchers pumped up all that type of stuff I'm not mad, though, if they at least have a season. And we'll still get Red Sox-Yankees rivalry going, despite the Red Sox not so having I the like best So I like that idea. <laughs> I, I, I think baseball season is a tad long. Not that this is the answer. It'll be 62 games less. Yeah. That's, you know. So what happens? Teams out, by, out in front by 35 games. And you got to dredge through the season and be like, oh, dear God, and watch it the whole season. So let's have you a quicker have season. That, really. Yeah, you won't have that. And, hey, you know what? Don't mess with how long baseball is. I love the fact that it's basically an every night thing that you get to watch throughout the summer months. And have it on. It's it's it's. Yeah. So don't criticize background it. noise. No, I like it. I love it. It's 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 part of summer. Yeah. The boys of summer. So I like it, though. I think the most interesting and shall i say tantalizing part of all this is the west division you would have the dodgers and the astros having to play each other a bunch competing for that title in the west for the one year giant west title type thing and you have the astros who the cheating scandal they stole the world series from the dodgers bad blood hatred built in you have a new rivalry for at least a season that you wouldn't have had if things were normal. You keep the old rivalry in the East with the Yankees, Red Sox, the Yankees, Mets, the Phillies and the Braves. Like you still have all those rivalries that people love to watch. 
And then the Central is interesting too because it's kind of like the lost division, but it has really good teams in it, like the Twins and Indians and the uh, Brewers and Cubs. But you're not going to hear people like us talking about it as much as we would the West and the East Coast division because they have the power, power teams that... Power teams, big TV markets. Yeah. Like you have the Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, Phillies. Like you have the big market teams, the teams that most people think would be the ones to make the World Series, especially in the Dodgers, Astros, and Yankees are like the three front runners. And so TV markets, uh, TV, are, are networks scrambling for coverage? No, I think it would basically be the same how it would work. Like you'd still have your local TV station. I think they would still have cameras. Like there's not going to be fans, but they still have to have operational ways of doing it. Like ESPN would still have games. My guess is they would have to do obviously date, rapid testing. Like once a new series starts, like every series rapid testing to make sure you don't have the virus and especially for the crews and things also working. So that you would have to take into effect, but overall, I like the thought process. If they can figure out the logistics of it all and keep everybody safe, I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah, you know, it's just like opening all these businesses. As long as you can do it the right way and people follow the rules and keep everybody safe, go for it. Yeah, it's one season. Let's get weird with it. Why not? Yeah. Hey, everything else is weird. We all walk around looking like ducks. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't What's look like beak? a duck. No. I don't waddle, Paul. Well, just the, uh, everybody's got a beak. Well, not everybody. Some people just, mm, Some know. people are crazy. Yeah. I think they should have a sign. <laughs> I mean, not to get political, like our vice president. Crazy people, you know. <laughs> not wearing masks <laughs> in hospitals. Anyway, so that's baseball. That's the vision. Do you, do you think at least for one year, the question would be actually, so they combine the American and National League, whose rules do they play by? Do you still have it kind of like you're in the National League ballpark so you have the pitchers yeah. hit? Or do you think they just go, hey, one year, it's a weird season. We're just going give everybody, to give everybody a no, give everybody a DH this year to try to keep injuries down so we don't have to worry about the pitchers potentially getting hurt that way. Because also you have to come into the effect of with injuries, that's minor leaguers. That's guys that might not be playing a season right now we don't know they haven't said if the minor league seasons would continue or start i should say so then yeah, are you gonna have expanded have rosters oh, yeah, the miners are on buses yeah they're in, packed in hotel rooms so that's the other question then do you expand rosters for part of the seat like for the season or it's like instead of the 25 or 26 man roster you extend it to 40 ish to account for guys getting hurt so then you don't have to be like okay he was in AAA, let's bring him to us, but he has to go through these processes to get to us type situation. Because you can't chance one guy coming in from the outside, bringing in the virus, and then that just shuts down everything again. Yep. I think, uh, I don't know. I <laughs> Expand the roster so you don't have to bring him up. Yeah. So that is the possibility. Basically, by the way, this whole show is essentially like every what every league's doing to potentially restart because they all this week came out being like, this is what we might do. You kick it around, right? It's got to be feasible. It's all the about next, TV. Yeah. The next one is the NBA. They might be starting. If they start up, they don't know when. But if they do, one of the possibilities is all the playoff teams would go to the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando where they have courts, they have hotels, they have accommodations that would be able to get all the players and their teams and I think family even. So that would be interesting. That's at least a smarter way than they were thinking about it, I think. Do you think the NBA should continue though? Or do you think they should just be done with it and have no champion this year? Um, well, hockey wants to continue too. And how many games were left in, in the NBA? Like 20-something. And hockey was six, wasn't it? Hockey wasn't that much either. Like, there was a very... It was like a final few weeks stretch for each. So, the real question would be, like, if the eighth seed was close, like 8, 9, 10, 
how do you do you do like a winner take all type situation you get the spot if you win one game type thing or how do you handle that i don't know do they get an asterisk you won but you didn't yeah well that's the that's the other question people are now wondering so like the nba season the mlb season the shortened weird seasons will the champion have an asterisk next to their name do you think this is worse do you think they deserve more of a tainted type season than like say the astros back in 2017 with their season no i think these guys deserve a medal for trying to put a season back together and going out to play yeah it's a game and i've always said it's a game and and fans get a little hoopy like they're the general manager but it's a game and it's a job for these guys so you know i think it's great there is there are some that want to get the entertainment value they want to do the right thing I, I, I'm all for doing the right thing safely. Why not finish the hockey season? It's going to be without fans. It is. Well, you have guys like for the NBA, like LeBron James coming out saying like, most of the guys want to try to get this season and then finish it. And with basketball, like any other sport, season can start back up. The team that was the seventh seed could get on a hot streak and just fly right through everybody. But that could happen even in a regular season. Like it just takes something clicking right for everybody to have one team win it all. So I don't think there's a deserving of an asterisk. I think like in baseball, for the most part, who's ever at the top is probably going to be at the top. 62 games shouldn't make that much of a difference in weeding out who's gonna, who's the best team and who's the worst teams in your divisions. Like that shouldn't in the long run matter. Like the Orioles, the Marlins, Pirates, they're all going to suck. We know this. <laughs> like, 62 extra games isn't going to tell us that. We know the Yankees should be dominant. We know the Dodgers should be dominant. 62 games isn't going to be like, oh, hey, look, they are even more dominant than we thought they were. So it's not how it's going to be. I think it's uh, – it's it'll be a quick season. I think a long season is about coaching and injuries more than it is about talent. If you're good and stay healthy, you're going all the way. Yeah. If you're good and you don't stay healthy, or your coach is eh, if you're yeah. a great coach and you stay healthy, eh, that's 100 and how many? How many games? 180, 162 for baseball. So 162 games goes down to 100. I, I, I don't mind that at all. I think that's no. fine. Um, it's still, if you can hit the ball or you can throw the ball, you can still throw it in less games. Yeah. Less chance of injury. I mean, for basketball, it's essentially the top five, six seeds will probably be advancing in the playoffs no matter what. That seven, eight seed is probably going to bounce in the first round no matter when they play because the top teams are just filled with talent. Like, if you look at it, the top teams in the West are the Lakers and the Clippers. So you have, like, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. In the East, you have Giannis with the Bucks. Like, you have... The guys that are going to carry their teams at the top, the guys on the 7-8 seeds aren't the guys that are the superstars in the league, so they're going to get beat by the superstars in the league. It's just how it goes. So I don't think they should have any sort of symbol next to them. You can have a symbol saying 2020 shortened season, but it shouldn't be looked upon any less than any of the other ones in our history of the games. Hey, that's why it's all percentages, right? It's a batting yeah. average. Yeah. So do you think... Boy, if you have a 30-game slump, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, right? So that's... Well, that's it. That's kind of what it is. If you have, like, a five-game losing streak, that could take you out of the game right there. So if you have a guy for, like, NBA, if you go cold from the field for two nights, three nights, things may not be pretty. Yeah, my producer is going to take a bath. Um, <laughs> so in case anybody heard that, he, he was letting me know. <laughs> but anyway, back to this. So the NBA might continue their season if they do. Walt Disney World could be a place. Then you don't even have to say, I'm going to Disney World. You just went and you could be like, I'm at Disney World. So are they going to bump? I mean, if Disney's opening for this, can they open to customers? No, because I think this would still be kind of like a... Well, this also, it would be a specific area of Disney. Yeah. It's not the whole resort. It's the wide world of sports, like, resort yep. area that they have. 
Um, I don't think Disney as a whole will be opening for some time because you can't have hundreds of thousands of people flocking right after they lift everything because that would just be nuts. Everything's going to be slow. Who knows when things will get fully back to normal, but I can't see Disney opening to the mass audience anytime in the next even year. I would say they probably have to maybe do some sort of like special like you get a ticket and you can come this day from these hours, like something. I don't know, you get in those lines. You've been in those lines. Well, that's what I mean. But if they limit it to how many people are allowed to come, where they the parks can function but not be overfilled and people will be able to keep their distances from each other and they make the lines where they have the lines like, oh, here, you stay in this part and then the next person's in this part and you have your distance. It becomes a plexiglass tube. Yeah, everybody gets a plexiglass shield for front and back, and you just keep going through, and that's part of the ride. <laughs> yeah. Hey, am I on Space Mountain? <laughs> yes, you're in the year 2020. Things are crappy. <laughs> what a year. I mean, just oh. crazy. Yeah, it's been a bad year. Not not good so far, and we still don't even know if Kim Jong-un is alive or dead. Um, I would venture to say Croaksville. <laughs> Croaksville. Croaksville, North Korea. Last, he took the last missile to Croaksville. <laughs> Jeez. And his sister's going to succeed him. Succeed him? Succeed him. Succeed him. She's going to become in charge. We'll just leave it at yes. that. She's the... Because she his kids are too young. Yeah. Imagine if she just like gets up there and she's like, I want a democracy and just changes it. Well, she can because she's in control of the army. I know. But like, imagine. What do you think her fake stories would be? Like, we know the dads was like, I play, shot an 18 golfing. I had, like, 20,000 hole-in-ones and, like, all these crazy things that they all told stories of, like, that would never happen. Like, what's chuckle, hers going to be? They killed you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you think hers could be? We know we're not going to get into that. We'll go down a rabbit hole and never recover. <laughs> and I want to talk to you about this next topic. It's a very serious topic. Okay. NASCAR says they're coming back in oh May. Oh, my God. And they want to do seven races in 11 days. So here's the serious part. How are their bladders going to survive that? He pee in the thing like a, an astronaut. Pee in the thing like yeah. an astronaut? Do they wear diapers? No, you wear a catheter kind of thing. But it's... I'm not putting a catheter well, in a NASCAR catheter. race. That just seems... Way too extreme. I don't know. How long is it? I don't care how much you pay. I don't care how much you pay me. I'm not putting a catheter to well, race. I don't need, it's need a seven catheter. races. Type of a... Seven races, 11 days. That's a lot of races in a very short window. That's a lot of time in your car going just round and around and around and around and you don't get to stop and be like, Oh, can I have some pizza and like a drink and pee? I nope. Still you got to keep going. I mean, yeah, probably not. I might. Cause if it's the only thing on, like it's something at least, but I think I'd rather watch the grass grow in my backyard. I've checked out the e-racing and all that, which by the way, 12 on sports starting their own e-racing league. That's cool. If you like to e-race and you want to check it out, they have a link on 12 on sports on their Twitter. Check it out. You can maybe become an e-racer in the 12 on sports league. No fee, but our prizes. I don't really know if that's an ad, but I figured I'd just throw that out. There. Do they have to put you on the end of a pencil if you're an e-racer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a serious show, Paul. Oh, <laughs> no time. If you're going to no make jokes, jokes make it classic, make it about butts and farts. Come on. Oh, that was a good joke. That was a good dad joke. Was a very big dad joke. You know, I, I'm glad to see in quarantine you haven't lost your touch. I have not. But yeah, so like seven races in 11 days. Come on. Like, I feel like that's mean to your bladder. Like, what if you have to, you know. They go. You think they don't go now? Okay. I get the peeing. What about the, you know. So you go on a diet with roughage. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what did you eat today? Not prunes, I can tell you that. <laughs> Bananas. What have you drinking today? Nothing. I'm literally dehydrating myself so it's solid I as a rock and doesn't want to come out. Days, never mind seven. I just, oh my God, it's awful. Number one, 
Hey, don't bash NASCAR too much. It's very exciting for a lot of people. Um, it is, and and I don't want to anger any fans. Going to. But I think it's. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Awful. <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best way you could describe it. It's awful. It. Awful's a bad word. Hold on. The best way you could describe it, and you were trying to sound nice, I feel like, in a sense, is it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. It's you awful. Could say, you could have said, it's not my it's not my cup of monster. It's like you could have thing. just you could have made it very topical and instead you just went, It's not it's it's awful. It's really bad. I guess if you're a motorhead and you love cars and loud, loud, loud sounds. Or crashes. Yeah, that's gross. Oh, that's a huge majority right there. Yeah. Oh, well, it's the, why people used to watch hockey. Hockey, people like fights. Hey, if you're rubbing, your racing. Well, I think that they can have 100 races in eight days, and I'm still not watching. That's been Paul's Ranting Corner. Brought to you by... Brought to you by... <laughs> Old man yelling at clouds. I just do not. I don't get it. I know you don't get it, but a lot of people like it. Anyway, at the end of the race, you where you started. Yeah, and then you maybe have a trophy and a big check. A big check. That's it. And so also, that's a short job. If you have a need, a need for speed, NASCAR is your cup of tea. If you're a really good driver, you too. What do you look up to? Be the head Uber guy? I don't know. Retire from NASCAR and you go to work for Uber. I think you retire from NASCAR and you either buy a team, get ownership in a team, or you just live off your money that you made from driving a car. Imagine getting money for driving a car. I would love it if it wasn't. get money for driving a car, but not that kind of money. No patches on their uniform. Yeah, there is. There's an eagle. Do you want to have keep having conversations with yourself? <laughs> it's a very odd fan i'm not gonna lie it's a family trait that most of your family has that you all have like your own miniature conversations with you like you ask questions but then you answer them before anybody can even say anything and the decibels rise as the conversation with myself goes on yeah you like shout over yourself it's very weird i myself don't even answer i'll listen to myself no it's a very me myself i type situation and you kind of just keep going, and then somebody tries to get something over you, and you're like, what, what, sorry, what were we talking about? And we're like, I was talking about nothing. You kept saying things. We could have a conversation, and at the end of the day, everyone says, oh, what did he say or she say it? I don't know. Because everyone's, you know, getting their words in. You know. No, the wor- your, you want to know what your family's worst trait is? Down cellar? No. That was funny. <laughs> When people try to start a conversation or they're in the middle of the story, you all start talking over them and just take over. And then the story never gets finished until like an hour later. And you're like, oh, what was your story? And then you finally finish. And you're like, oh, that wasn't that good of a story. And you're like, well, it would have been if you didn't cut off the first 45 percent. I have no idea what over. you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, last but not least, before you. The other trait we have. Oh, there you go. See, there it is. Wow. Is asking a question and not listening to the answer. That too, yeah. It's a, there's a lot of traits that your family has. Somehow I've made it this long with them. It was, I it's, don't... it's what makes us all special. That's one way of putting it. Anyway, the last thing we're going to talk about, kind of a downer, but, you know, <laughs> why end on a happy note? The Little League World Series will not be taking place this year. It's going to be canceled for the first time. That was a really mean snort that you just did there of laughter it's the first time the kids won't be playing it since 1947 that's a long time there have been like wars and things happening and they still play well okay so you ready you hate the little league world series i think the little league is the best but i equate little league to pageants i mean that's fine i I think it's great when kids go out and play and they win and they learn have a life lesson but dear god some of those parents oh no i get that part but it is kind of sad for the kids that like 
because there are definitely some little leagues that like you know your team that year is going to have a chance to actually get there and it's a huge deal and like little towns get exposure and it gets them super excited um i can remember growing up the town i grew up in they made it they won it and like literally after that when I went to college even, and people were like, oh, where are you from? And I'd be like, oh, New Jersey, where from? And I'd say the town. They're like, oh, Little League World Series champs. And I'm like, it's weird that you remember that. But yes, thank you for not saying the Jersey Shore. Agreed. But like, and then, of course, Same one of the people from that team made the major league base, the major leagues. And of course, everybody acts like they knew them growing up. They're like, oh, hey, so-and-so is up at bat. Like, remember that time that we didn't ever meet? Cool. <laughs> so true that's exactly what happens like i find myself doing like oh hey like i'll text like my brother and be like hey so-and-so just like at a home run and he's like that's awesome I'm like yeah i feel like we shouldn't be this excited <laughs> we've been, like talked to him once in our lives so he rode a school bus to school and i rode a school bus to school we both went to school i know him yep that's exactly how it goes and you know it's true it's every little town Every little town that has a major athlete come out of there, even if they're not major, even if it's like they're just like decent, everybody feels like they somehow knew him. The closest I got to ever like really knowing him, the player, I don't know why I'm being so secret about this. It's Todd Frazier. I grew up in Tom's River, New Jersey. Todd Frazier is in the major leagues. But his brother taught at our high school, and when it was the student faculty softball game, he absolutely rocked us when he was at bat to the point where we just started intentionally walking him. He hit a home run from the softball field over the softball field fence. And we had tennis courts like another 40 yards behind the fence that had a bigger fence. He hit the ball over those. <laughs> his, so brother basically just, his brother, the, his, not him. No, he, he was playing in the majors at that point. His brother had flamed out from the minors at that point. And it came back to be a gym teacher. And we made a vow the rest of the game to just not pitch to him. We didn't care if the bases were loaded. We weren't throwing to him anymore. Good plan. was a good plan. That so was, Little that was, League that's World how I'm Series, <laughs> Little, League, that Little League World Series not being played. I feel bad for those kids. Yes. I like to always watching it because it's kind of like a fun thing. at the you kind of, It's the end of summer. And you know that kind of is like one of the markings of like summer's almost over. But it's fun to watch the kids, the coaches. I kind of like the coach interactions with the kids because you always have a few of those coaches that really stand out. And they're like, you know what, guys, like I'm really proud of you. Like they give that great speech to their players, usually their sons on the team. And it's like kind of like those little moments that's really kind of cool to capture. So I always kind of like that. Plus the kids sledding down the hill. You got to love that. When you – Talk about that kind of coach. That's like a life-changing coach, and you yeah. remember it forever. And that's what I like about That's what I like about the Little Work Series. A lot of those coaches are the life-changing coach that you remember yeah. years from then, and they how always do, have those oh, moments. How do you go to those games? Do you take off from work? I think I a mean, lot of teams. That guy probably coaches after, after his job or in the evening. And I feel like know, a lot of times. Hey, I'm going to Pennsylvania for three years. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of times those coaches either own their own business that they can take yeah. the time. Or yeah. I feel like if it's like a small town, if it's like a small they town raise money. and everybody knows each other, like whoever owns it's kind of like, <laughs> go, yeah, no, our town was not that a small. small town. <laughs> our, our town had two different little leagues that fought against each other. And by the way, fun fact. Oh, here we come. Da -da -da. The year that they won the Little League World Series, our side of town was the only team throughout the whole tournament that beat them. Perfect. The only reason we didn't keep advancing is because our star pitcher could only pitch once every like four games and the other three <laughs> times they didn't win. <laughs> How old are you in Little League? 12? For the Little League World Series, you can aid, range usually from 10 to 12. Like by time that rolls around. Cut them in half to count their rings to make sure they're really oh, 12? There have been times where there have been people who have lied about their age. <laughs> That's crazy. Um. But no, the oldest you can be, I think, is 13, but you have to be, you have had to have, like, turn 13, like, in, like, August when it's happening. So, like, there are cutoff age-wise of being able to participate. Yeah. Because, obviously, you can't have a kid that turned 13 back in January playing on your team in the summer. Technically, he's too old. Hormones have kicked in too much by then. Shaving. Yeah. 
you, ha- you can't accept birth certificates that say I am 12 from a man that looks like he's 35. So it's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, he's a jockey. <laughs> but so that is disappointing that that won't happen. I guess. Should we try to figure out a positive thing to end on? <laughs> so, um, oh, coming man. up with something, Paul? No, I just I think. Uh, not, not. I guess it's not. It, it's a positive part of a very negative, horrible situation. But I think it's amazing to watch people thanking people for what they do every day. So, you know, whether it's a doctor or a nurse or a police officer or the folks that supermarket employee. That uh, how about an ambulance driver? There's no good way around that. You got to touch somebody, and it's not pretty. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's uh, those those people. But I think the way everybody's thanking them and calling them out, and um, it, it's pretty cool. And I think that's probably the big positive thing. And then of course there's all the memes and the funny things you see about parents staying home with their children, who don't usually and um do fun things and yeah. i am fun. i will honestly say i'm very glad my child is under a certain age where i can still kind of control how he is and i don't have to do homework with him or worry about him trying to sneak out or anything like that i really have full control over him because he is a small child <laughs> yep but it's it's um, and that he won't eat me out of house and home well you still feed him well it's, oh, it's not like a teenager who will just literally eat all the supplies you just got. All that. So I would say there's going to be a great need for Weight Watchers at the end of this thing and a lot of babies. Listen, buddy, speak for yourself. I have lost double-digit pounds since this quarantine. Good for you. I think you're going to win the bet. Yeah, well, well now i got to explain what the bet is. Like, can't just throw that out. The bet well, is if I beat my brother-in-law in a weight loss competition, I get to murder him. <laughs> is it a round of golf? Yeah, it's a round of golf. I like how you didn't even like blink at the fact I said I'd well, murder I him. I murder him, but actually, yeah. it's naming rights to his next child. He doesn't know that. Not the one that's coming. The next one. No, the one that's coming. Well, that Gotta, baby's I, gonna be born before the competition. It doesn't Fourth matter. of July. I'm gonna legally change it once I win. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have a beautiful name picked out. Yeah, don't even say it in case. Don't go there. Is it Greg? No. Who would be cocky enough to name their child after themselves? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you set me up perfectly for that one. I did. Yes, you did. No, I was actually thinking of an adorable name, Mavemshnup. Uh, m- God bless you. Do you know what it means? The wait, Mavemshnip. Mavemp. Mavemshnip. Is that so it's from like? No, it's from like Saved by the Bell. It was how they remembered the planets in order when Pluto was still a planet. Oh, so it's the first letter, the first letter of each planet. I've always remembered that, but it doesn't have. It rolls off the tongue nicely. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, I'm still so glad you I set got that set up perfectly to be like who would be cocky enough to name the kid after themselves? I don't know anyone that would do it. Oh, I know two of you. Three of you. Yeah. I know two. a bunch of you. Two. Three. Who? Um Me. You. Your son. Oh, my son in law. And your son in law. And technically okay. I know his father too. Well, that's okay. I, I no, I know. A lot a, of us joke. people do. It was a joke. I know. Now look at us not, feelings, now. Look at us. We're ending on a sour note. If I had feelings, Greg, they'd be hurt. Oh, we're ending on a sour puss note. I can see it in your face. Wait. <laughs> if only people. Yeah, this is radio. People could have only seen what you just did. That would have put a smile on the face. Paul just did like a Madonna like jazz hands thing in front of his face. And on that note, Paul, and any happy things to end on, we won't make fun of people who name their children and how they name their children. No, I'm good. I I'm, I can't be happy now. You're putting me on the spot <laughs> to be happy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on. 
Oh, that might be one of my best setups I've ever had given to me. So that thank was, you. For that. that was a platter. You know, that's a positive note. You served me up a joke on a platter at your own expense without even and realizing. You took advantage of it. I did. It's my quick wit. What can I say? I'm gifted. It's just not quick enough to get my stories in around your family. On that note. That's true. You need a bullhorn. I really do. Luckily, I learned to shout over your family. It's ridiculous. Imagine you being out-talked. It's hard to think, but you do it on a weekly basis on the show. Oh, I over-talk. <laughs> well, it's the same thing in my mind. But on that note, <laughs> yeah, I was pausing to make sure you didn't start talking. Paul, thank you as always for joining us. Thank as you, ben. Basically our co-host now. There's no Paul, more Paul's pile on. I think that's dead. Well, we got to have something. We got to have a pile on to talk about, right? We got to get sports back. It's true. Maybe maybe we'll start a th- segment called Paul's Pastime. You can just give us a random story about your past. Hey, if you can't be an athlete, you can always be an athletic supporter. <laughs> oh! Quote from what movie? Grease. I was going to say, I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> I just know if you're not first, you're last. If you're not first, you're last. If you're not first, you're a loser. No, if you're not first, you're last. It's Talladega Nights. Ricky Bobby, NASCAR. Ricky Bobby. Oh, we could talk about that wonderful movie we watch next week. We talked about that already. Oh, we did? <laughs> yes. That's how bad it is. You don't even remember talking Here's about it. Bill. <laughs> oh, man. All right. On that note, I'm going to go potentially put a pillow over Paul's face from what it sounds like. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure you stay safe, stay healthy. Make sure you have enough snacks to just have a nice, lovely weekend. Treat yourselves to the Trolls World Tour. I don't know. I don't know if any other thing else is out. Uh, Trolls is... Did you ever see Trolls the movie? By the way, Onward, great movie. It was, but did you ever see the original Trolls? I have never seen the original Trolls. The only troll I had was the little plastic man with the orange hair. It's a fantastic movie. I think it might be on Netflix. It's fun. It's got a good soundtrack. I mean, it beats listening to Elmo 24 hours a day. If you're a parent, you know. But again, thank you everybody for joining us. My name is Greg. Paul, as always, great times. Sorry for the joke at your expense. This has been the Sports Dance. Have a good one. The Sports Dance.